Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we are joined by Dallas Open Tournament Director Peter Lebedevs to discuss the significance, the impact of the decision by the ATP Tour to raise the status of the Dallas Open from an ATP 250 event to an ATP 500 level event moving forward. Of course, for those of you listeners who didn't really understand what I just said, rest easy. Peter and I get into precisely what that means for the event moving forward, not only from a player and operations perspective, but what it will mean for fans in Dallas, fans in the broader Texas area who go to that event to enjoy the action. We discuss what you can expect in terms of upgrades for the event moving forward and so much more. It's a fantastic conversation that I'm certain all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, if you like this, you're going to like our other podcasts at Crack Rackets as well. It's a busy December for us. The mini break podcast, rocking and rolling, recapping all aspects of 2023, previewing 2024 with some outstanding guests, Ben Rothenberg, David Kane, Gil Gross, and others. So if you're not already, go check out that podcast feed. Of course, check out the Great Shot podcast feed as well, where you're going to be hearing our preview of the 2024 college tennis season for the majority of the next five weeks. Plenty of great content, again, all available on our website, CrackedRackets.com. That said, the content you're looking for here today, my discussion with our guest, Dallas Open Tournament Director, Peter Lebedev. So let's get to it. Westoff, roll the song, and let's get to today's show. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today to discuss the news his event recently made is a man you all will know as tournament director of the Dallas Open. It's Peter Lebedevs joining us on the show. Peter, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Happy holidays to you. How are you doing, my friend? Doing doing well. Excited about uh, the news we had the other day. So uh, it's been a busy couple of days. Lots of people reaching out and, and chatting, and uh, we're excited about what we're able to do for Uh, American tennis going forward. Yeah, and I want to talk about that today. I will share something from our pre-podcast conversation. You said you shaved, got a haircut for your press conference. I like to think you did it for this conversation, and I appreciate it. You look wonderful, as always. So thank you, my friend. And look, I understand the answer to this question, but I want you to explain it to me as if I don't know tennis and I don't know the structure of the tour. And I'm a fan listening to this podcast who maybe won't understand the significance of the Dallas Open being elevated to a 500 level event. That, of course, is the recent news being made, the release of the new ATP tour schedule, the Dallas Open, which is going to enter its third year here in 2024. It will be elevated to a 500 level event in 2025. And I just want to start there as the tournament director, someone heavily involved in the tennis operations as well. What does that mean for your event and what does that do for your event? Um, Look, obviously, you just see the difference in the numbers. It's a 250 to a 500. So it's twice as valuable for um, for the players. Those numbers that you see next to tournaments, 250, 500, 1000 are really about the number of points the players get if they win it. So what it is is players obviously want to get more points and get that higher ranking. So that's why automatically a 500 level helps that aspect. The other part about it, though, is with the ATP, their goal is to have premium products and raise the level. You'll see that the 1,000 level tournaments are expanding the number of days. 
So the ATP um, decided to expand the number of 500s. So we'll be one of only 16 in the world at this level of a 500. And so that is a huge success. And then obviously, number one, um, that's great. But also partnering with the Dallas Cowboys um, at the Ford Center at the, at the Star at Frisco is another huge aspect that's positive for both the ATB Tour, the players, and for everybody. So it's a combination of great things. But with the 500 comes uh, more players at a higher ranking wanting to play. And the way we also look at it from a company standpoint is right now we have five, uh, four guys in the top 15 in the world in the U.S. We wanted to provide one more 500 in the United States when we had the opportunity. 17 different entities bid on the uh, opportunity to be upgraded. Only three were available and chosen. So we looked at it from that standpoint as well because there's nothing like uh, seeing those higher level tournaments and players being inspired. So to help the new generation of players and have another 500 level tournament in the United States and also be indoors, which is very unique to us being the only um, indoor event in the United States as well. We saw a great opportunity in partnering with the Cowboys and all of those pieces. And, and look, Dallas, the only reason we can do it is Dallas has been so great to us the first couple of years here uh, as a 250 event here at SMU. Uh, it's been a tremendous growth for us, and we see the opportunity for us, as well as for the players, as well as for the ATP Tour, um, to go forward with this uh, with this level of tournament. That last piece of your answer is where I want to follow up first, because as I alluded to earlier, the third year of this event will be starting in 2024. And even before the Dallas Open was a 250, and for those that don't know, these last two years at the Eltic Steislinger Complex at, on the SMU campus, um, or the SMU courts, I should say, uh, even before that, there was the Dallas Challenger, which was always one of the most popular North American Challenger events on the calendar. And I'm just curious because those that are in the know, and here's where I'm going to nerd out with you, 1,000-level event they just don't come up on the market ever. You know, uh, Grand Slams, they're not going to be making a fifth one anytime soon. Right. Really, the highest aspiration for any individual event is to get to that 500 level, I suppose. And I'm curious if you could speak more to that history of the Dallas community with tennis and, you know, the efforts made particularly at, during the 250 time. I know last year you had former President George Bush out there and so many different people in the Dallas community buying into that event. I was wondering if you could speak to that. Well, look, when we first came here, we moved from New York with the pandemic. Um, we had to we had to move our venue, and I was looking around and um, connected with John Isner, obviously a good friend of mine who lives here, uh, with Grant Chen, who is the head coach of the men's tennis team here, and Sam Duval, John's uh, agent. We got together and said, "Hey, this might be a good place to run an event." So. I came down and I wasn't here more than 30 minutes and I could see the setup. I'm like, okay, I've got it. We had a couple of other places we were looking at. I called my director of ops, said, I need you down here tomorrow to tell me if we can actually do it because obviously there's all these other things. And um, we put it together from that standpoint. And, and then as I became ingrained in the fabric of the tennis community here, the amount of stories that people had of the days of the WCT finals, because truly – Professional tennis started here on the SMU campus at Moody Coliseum. I mean, the great match of Labor versus Roseville, five sets, that actually pushed the Sunday evening news back an hour on, I can't remember which channel, ABC maybe, 
which, you know, we know now that doesn't really happen with sports. That's how big the, the tennis was and everybody had stories. So when we came here, the tickets, especially our VIP tickets, sold very quickly. We were done within a month before we'd announced the player. So the fan base here was very knowledgeable about tennis, really appreciated great tennis. And so instantly we had um, a great opportunity here as we went forward. And, you know, we sold out the first year. We sold out our second year. So those things are, are showing us, okay, Texas and Dallas specifically is really wanting more tennis. And everybody came to us with ideas and things and we'd listen to them. And, look, SMU has been tremendous in partnering with us uh, from the very beginning and, and also going back to providing wild cards for their players. You know, they, they're able to recruit and say, you know, you get a chance to be on a um, – main draw A to B event, which we all know how hard that is. So it's been a, a great learning process for us and support from the community, all aspects, the, the sport commission, the mayor's office, everybody's really helped because they love tennis here. I mean, I, I knew it from my days in the southern section and the eastern section in those days, and we always knew Texas was good. But until I lived here, I didn't realize how strong it was. And it's been fantastic. And we're really excited about what's happened and what's going to happen in the future with us um, as we go forward as a as a 500 event. What happens first, the bid to become a 500 or the partnership with, as you alluded to, the Dallas Cowboys, the Ford Center at the Star? Is it kind of a joint effort? Because certainly, again, the idea of not only elevating the level of this event, but elevating the venue and elevating that experience, that's something you guys have talked about in discussing this news. No, no doubt. It was it was sort of a combination of those things together. We knew we had to get a bid, so that's number one. And then we had to find a venue that could hold it, meeting the requirements as the ATV, because the ATV requirements is not just about a great city, which obviously Dallas is, you know, great airport Dallas has, a lot of companies Dallas has, uh, but also for the players. They are very concerned in making sure that the players are taken care of. So the amenities for players and what we have at the venue uh, at the Star is a hotel that is connected to the venue. So the players theoretically wouldn't have to walk outside. Um, there are four locker rooms down below. So the players will have the, the you know world-class treatment rooms and those areas to warm up, to train, to practice. There is over 17 uh, restaurants in the entertainment district there. So we found the perfect partner and venue, and it was sort of the Cowboys and um, our president, Sean Tilger, sort of really working um, with them to get that part started. When we said, okay, let's let's put this together. Then we worked, and the Jones family's been terrific in helping us put that bid packet together. And, you know, John Isner going out and getting the players to write some letters of support as well. We want another event here in the United States. So it's a combination, but it was, it was first of all, finding a great partner and venue and that's what we have with the Cowboys um, at Ford Center at the Star. So that and then going to the ATP and going through the board meetings and um, doing a lot of presentations and a lot of work and never knowing until the last, uh, you know, until they finally voted on it. But, uh, you know, look, we, we look fantastic on the on the map for the ATP, Dallas as a city and, and historically and the tennis fans. Um, you see how many other events are coming to Texas in that, you know, Houston, the clay court event that they run down there is a tremendous event. It's been doing it wonderfully for all these years. And then the, you know, the women's event in Austin has popped up. Texas is a great state for tennis and we're able to elevate it to the 500 and uh, we're excited about that for 25. But we have a fantastic event in 24 that we can't forget about, which we have um, 
you know, honestly, uh, we're going to have just just found out today, Francis Tiafo is going to be coming back. We have Riley Opelka, Tommy Paul and Ben Shelton are all going to be playing this year, along with our uh, ladies classic, Caroline uh, Wozniacki and Jeannie Bouchard will be playing in that event. So we've got some fantastic tennis this year alone. And then in 25, it's going to get even uh, deeper and stronger fields. Yeah, you talk about the Texas coming out everywhere within the state. Certainly helps to have campuses in Austin, in Waco, in Fort Worth, everywhere. These college campuses, they're trying to put on pro events as well. And you've talked about the connection with SMU. I believe it was in the press release that that wild card will remain for one player on the SMU men's team, which I know is such an important thing for that program. Is there any thought to as you look towards qualifying other parts of the event, again, maybe broadening it to including some of the colleges in the area. Certainly I know this event runs in the midst of the college season. Is that something you consider? Um, You know, we're not there yet, um, but that is obviously something our our company is committing to college tennis. Like coming to the campus was tremendous. Gary Furman, our chairman and CEO, he, um, he has seven clubs in New Jersey. He's committed to grassroots tennis and so when we took over the event as, as a company, um, the event both in Atlanta and Dallas, Chris Eubanks' first wildcard was with the GS Sports Entertainment event in Atlanta. Now we know who Chris is. Um, you also look at Joe Salisbury, who got a wildcard back in the days when I was uh, with Memphis and where he is now, and Ben Shelton. His first ever wildcard was uh, in Atlanta after winning uh, the NCAAs. You know, we want to support those college guys as they come forward and so, you know, we want to look at doing those sorts of things, just haven't gone that far down the road. You know, we have some great, great schools, obviously, in, you know, um, Texas and TCU, you know, around the corner here in Baylor, great tennis schools. Uh, haven't gone that far yet. Won't say no, but haven't gone down that far yet. The reason I ask is I feel when you bring in those events, you see it always at the challenger level, particularly if the school's located close to the event. It's a built-in crowd, right? You have people who show up who may not otherwise. And you talked about the restaurants. You talked about the venue. Again, from the fan experience perspective, I'm curious how you expect not that to change, but dare I say be even upgraded as you guys upgrade to the 500-level experience. No, it will will be even a more exciting event. We have more opportunities for fans to have interactions with the players. We have some really exciting um, seating opportunities. We have a triple decker on one side of the court. So, you know, you have your box seats there and then, you know, food and beverage underneath it. You go to the second and third level. And on the third level, you can look out on both courts, the main stadium court as well as our um, uh, secondary grandstand court. All four practice courts will be under the one roof, so you can see all of those things. Uh, so we have lots of plans there. Those things are still being fleshed out as we as we go forward. They're not they're not set in stone yet, but that is our goal: is to have the fans meet more of the players and get the players out there to sort of you know meet these people too. It's like uh, you know the the fans and the players both need to interact with each other to have those memorable experiences. So uh, we look forward to including those as we go forward, those experiences for the fans and players. Do you think about things like, and it's a bigger topic, I suppose, but freedom of movement for fans in the midst of matches so they can move a little bit easily. You're making a face at me, which is why I'm curious about your answer. Is that something that you don't think is necessary? Uh, look, I the ATP um, is trying to get more um, creative with those things. And as we know, as tennis players, directly behind where the players uh, are playing, it's that is where there can be a bit of an issue on the sides. 
we should be letting free reign go um, because, look, we've got to get a younger audience and younger people aren't going to sit there. You know, you have you know, John Isden plays a three-and-a-half-hour final for us last year here in Dallas, plays some great long matches. Yeah, you could be in the stands for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes before a changeover. So we should have movement. And, look, we do it here in Dallas right now. We have um, in-seat service to the front row boxes. And you never heard one time during the tournament they complained about any movement in there. We had a you know, great team um, of uh, delivery people who were taking drinks and food to the people in the boxes. No issues with it when we we taught them and we told the players things like that were going to happen. But I, look, I'm all about um, being creative with things. You know, whatever that looks like. The tendency is I'm I'm an old guy and I sort of have my very traditional hat on, but I want to look at it differently. I spent a lot of time with Francis last year here in Dallas. And he's like, let's, you know, he wants to do some different things. He's got very creative ideas. That's what you want to do. So when we say the fan experience, you're going to see some of those things, you know, working with the ATP to um, to do those fun kinds of things. So uh, that's that's going to happen. We're going to have a little more movement in our stands. No, that's why I wanted to ask because I know what you guys do in Dallas, and it is one of those opportunities for things to be a little bit different. And, you know, you mentioned this earlier. You guys are the only indoor tour level event we have in the states and that was not always the case there used to be more of these events on the calendar i should have mentioned this to you before i don't know why i would have but i'm in indianapolis that's where we used to have an atp event and you know there are other places throughout the midwest as well do you worry about the lack of atp events right now in the states do you think there will be room for more in the future you know, that's a great question. That's the reason that GF Sports, you know, purchased the two events, Atlanta and Dallas, is to keep tennis in the United States. That's Gary's, you know, passion to make sure that happened. Um, you know, I don't – I do worry a little bit, obviously, because, you know, the rest of the world loves tennis. Um, tennis is, a you know, number two sport in Europe versus in, in the U.S. We're not the number two sport. But look, the the sites and venues that have the events right now in the US are very strong. They do tremendous jobs with it. Um, so I don't think any of those events going in away. But the landscape is changing. You know, as you talked about when I was being involved in this in the early '80s, you know, you had Philly, Chicago, San Jose. We had a lot of different events up there um, that have changed as the world has you know, embraced tennis more than the United States. You know, the US was already ahead of the game. Um, so, I, I, look, I don't really worry about us losing any more events. I would love for us to see more events come here because it just helps our players. The more events where they don't have to travel, they can stay at home and, you know, more favorable crowds. You know, let's be honest. If you're playing a, an American player here in Dallas, they're going to be cheering for you more than a player from somewhere else. You get your local crowd favorites. You know, last year when John was playing, uh, Wu Bing in the final, first Chinese player to ever win an ATP event, at nine all in the tiebreaker, the crowd is jumping up and down on the seats. I mean, it had that – I get a goosebumps thinking about it now. You, you can't create that, but the crowd was so into the match, you know, and typical John, it's a long match and, um, <laughs> you know, third set tiebreaker as it is. And those are the things that, you know, the players, they want to see him play in front of crowds like that. So um, I think – I don't think any of the tournaments are going anywhere and hopefully we can get more so as our players can – feel that energy that I'm talking about there and, you know, encourage them and inspire them to, to keep working at their craft. And, uh, you know, hopefully somewhere down the road, we have one of these guys win a grand slam. Yeah. In that spirit, my final question for you, and you mentioned the field for the 2024 Dallas open, which again, final event at the 250 level, but I mean, Fritz, 
Paul, Tiafo, Shelton, that's the best Americans. And there will be many more as well. It's a reason to buy a ticket if you haven't already and you're in the Dallas area or it's not too far and you want to travel to enjoy some tennis. As you approach, again, I don't want to get you in, in trouble here. I'm just always curious <laughs> asking someone in your perspective, who is the player and Djokovic-Nadal aside, because they're in another stratosphere. But I'm curious who you think the player is right now that puts the most butts in seats on the ATP Tour, like for an event in Dallas. Is it one of the Americans? Do they have that sort of cash now? Is it an Alcaraz, someone else? I'm curious for your perspective. Oh, look, I think I think your players right now, your Alcaraz, I've never been lucky enough to have him at one of my events. He obviously is one of the um, fan favorites for people to see. I think Ben Shelton is one of the fan favorites too for people to see Ben because he's up and coming. The The reality of it is it's characters people like to see, great tennis players who are characters. Um, and that's that's what you've sort of got to have a little bit. Look, I Taylor won our Atlanta event this year and I'm always singing the praises of, of Taylor Fritz who's been top 10 in the world, you know, the highest ranked American in the last couple of years and sometimes doesn't always get the um, – I'll say the respect that he deserves. And, you know, so I think it's it's a combination. He's he's a quiet guy, terrific guy, but quiet. And the fans like to see a little bit more of, you know, a, a character out there. Um, that's why, look, Nick Kyrgios sells tickets. And Nick is a brilliant tennis player, but Nick is also a character. John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors back in the day, the characters. So that goes to the point of, you know, what's what are the fans? I want the fans to get to know players so they get to know these people. Tommy Paul, by the way, is a great cornhole player. Loves to throw <laughs> cornhole. I had a long call with him. People, A lot of people don't know that. I, we might have a cornhole tournament out here so people get to know Tommy. That's how they fill up seats because they're all brilliant tennis players. I mean, fantastic. And it's that other little bit that we need. So, you know, Alcaraz and Ben are probably right up there. And I think Francis and Taylor are right up there as well. Um, for us. So um, it's that sort of a a piece, but also for every tournament, like we try and do a different player. We'll always try and bring a new player. As we become a 500, we'll try and bring some of the other players that have not been here before, whether it be your, um, you know, Rublevs or Zverevs or these guys or Alcaraz, we need to bring them to Dallas in some form um, over the next few years as a 500. So, you know, the crowds, the crowds here are smart. They, they wouldn't want to see the same guy. So, uh, Pressure's on, pressure's on me to make sure we keep bringing on that that new player who is the up-and-coming, like Yannick Sinner. What a tremendous end of the year he's had. So, um, you know, we'd love to get Yannick here. He played Atlanta a couple of years ago before he was Yannick Sinner. Um, so it was one of those things. But, uh, you know, we'll always be striving to bring new people here, but those are the ones who probably drive the most ticket sales and interest. It's not only ticket sales interest. People say, you know, the the online following, the online comments when you announce some of those players, you see automatically, boom. So Yeah, or SMU at the time, sophomore Trevor Spida. We'll see in the future, whomever it may be, right? There are a lot of names yeah, out exactly. there. Yeah, and plenty of fun to be had. And yeah, again, I appreciate uh, your candidness in that answer because certainly it's, again, the more butts you put in seats at these events, the more the ATP Tour sees, hey, maybe we need to have more events back in the States throughout the course of the calendar. And certainly tennis fans everywhere benefit from that. I know we certainly benefited from having you on the show today. So again, Dallas Open Tournament Director Peter Lebedevs, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Happy holidays to you and good luck, not only with all plans in the future, but obviously the 2024 Dallas Open event as well. 
Thanks. I appreciate the time today and uh, have a safe and happy holidays to you too. Yep. Take care. Thanks. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Dallas Open Tournament Director Peter Lebedev. A thank you to Peter again for taking the time to chat. Hopefully, we'll be able to get down to the Dallas Open, if not this year, certainly in the near future. I'm excited about the upgrades. I imagine many of you tennis fans are as well. So, of course, if you're in the area, go support all local tennis, whether it's a Dallas Open, whether it's your local college challenge or futures action. There's a lot of good action happening around the country, around the globe, each and every week. If you're a listener of this podcast, you'll certainly enjoy it. So, you know, take the two seconds. Look up that time online to see if there's any tennis in your area in the near future. Uh, Certainly, we're all looking forward to the upgrades coming to the Dallas Open. Of course, we're also looking forward to busy month here at Crack Rackets. Again, if you haven't already, go like, rate, subscribe, review to all of our shows. This one, the Mini Break Podcast, the Great Shot Podcast feed as well. A shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westa, for the of editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. With that said, for our fantastic guest, Dallas Open Tournament Director Peter Lebedevs, our super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all next time. Thanks, everyone.